After bursting onto the scene in 2005 with her hit Ponder Replay and debut album Music of the Sun, Rihanna was riding high on the debut success of her single and album. However, not eight months later did Rihanna give the world her sophomore album, when usually we all know albums are at least a year in between. They wanted to strike while the iron was hot, and the album A Girl Like Me was the result. It was the eventual home to hits such as SOS Rescue Me, Unfaithful, Break It Off, and more. Sit back, relax, and why don't we take a little rewind into the world of Rihanna? Welcome to Planet 2000s, a place where we celebrate pop music's most iconic moments from the most iconic decade in pop music history. Let's dive in. What's up, you guys? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Planet 2000s podcast. It's your boy, Michael Kadosh. I'm happy to be back with a new episode. I actually just came back from Paris. I was in France for my cousin's wedding. I also went back home to Montreal for a little bit to do some just, you know, visiting. I had my friend's wedding and I had a good vacation. And now I'm back home in Toronto. TIFF, Toronto International Film Festival, is coming and... You know, I'm going to be working a lot. I'm going to be working a lot. I work with eTalk and we're going to be in a lot of places and it's going to be cool. But today we are going to be diving into the world of Rihanna and her second record, A Girl Like Me. So without further ado, why don't we get started? The Beijing queen and CEO, known as Robin Rihanna Fenty, released her album, A Girl Like Me, her sophomore album, on April 10th, 2006 through Def Jam Recordings. And as far as production was concerned, she worked with Evan Rogers, Carl Sturkin, Stargate, J.R. Rodham, and even her label mate, Neo. And he was a co-writer on the song Unfaithful. The genre for this record is primarily pop and reggae and In Rihanna's early days, her label was definitely pushing the fact that she was an island girl to the public and many of her songs had a strong reggae tinge to them, but still under the pop realm. It worked for her first two albums and they're perfect gems in her discography. And looking back, they really show how much she's grown over the years. The record also includes some elements of rock music, dance hall, and balladry, darling. (laughs) I'm just a girl. Who loves to do music, loves to be creative. I love reggae music, I love hip-hop music, I love R&B. So I kind of fused everything together and made a new album. L.A. Reid, who was the chairman and CEO of the Island Def Jam Music Group at that time, thought that it was time for Rihanna to get back into the studio as soon as she released the first record. She was gaining from the first two singles from Music of the Sun, so they wanted to keep that going. And when she spoke to MTV News on the red carpet at the Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards, God, Rihanna and Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards, that's not something I see happening ever again. They asked her about the new album, and she dished. She said, Vocally, I have matured so much, and lyrically, I'm speaking about stuff I would never sing about before. Now I'm singing about experiences that I've gone through and stuff that other 18-year-old girls go through. So it's all about progression. And she had a similar tune when she went over to BET's 106 in Park. Well, the first album, it was more... I feel now that I went over everything, I feel like Music of the Sun was my introduction to everybody. Hey, I'm Brianna, the girl from the Caribbean. You know, and a girl like me is more telling you who is the girl from the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Basically telling what it's like to be a girl like me by speaking about personal experiences I've been through. I speak about everything on that album mm-hmm. from a female's point of view. Not only me, but girls like me. Things that girls like me go through. Um, being unfaithful. I speak about partying. I speak about dealing with haters and jealousy. 
You know, I speak about pretty much everything that I've been cool. through. Rihanna said that while she was recording A Girl Like Me, they were in the midst of promotion for Music of the Sun. And she said, we were so busy promoting the first album while trying to get this one done, working some crazy hours. That's why this album is so close to me, because I really put my heart and soul into it. Especially on this album, A Girl Like Me, it was very important for me to do that, because Everything on this album is from a female's perspective. And this album is very personal to me, so everything is coming from my point of view, and therefore it can only be, it can only have a female voice. Rihanna was fully recording this album and promoting her first album at the same time. I'm talking tour, performances, videos, all of it, while recording. Rihanna has always been the number one hustler and always worked her ass off. And that shows from day one. These two albums coming back to back is just proof that this is not something new. She's always been a hard worker. There were four singles released from this record. SOS, Rescue Me, Unfaithful, We Ride, and Break It Off. SOS, please, somebody help me. SOS was released as the lead single from the record on February 13th, 2006. It was co-written by J.R. Rodham and E. Kid Bogart, and the song features a prominent sample from Soft Cell's 1981 classic 80s recording of Tainted Love, which in itself is a cover from a song from the 60s written by Ed Cobb, so he actually has a writing credit on the song as well. The song is a classic 2000s pop hit, and it's a staple at Pride events and any throwback pop party. <laughs> it was originally written and intended to be sung by Christina Milian, and was actually going to be included on her 2006 album So Amazing. However, Milian passed on it, so L.A. Reid decided that Rihanna would be a better fit. I'm sure Christina is regretting that one. <laughs> the track is most notable for being Rihanna's first ever number one hit on the Billboard Hot 100, the first of a now 14, but who knows if we'll be getting another anytime soon. When he was making the song, G.R. Rodham said in an interview with music publication Hitquarters, he heard Tainted Love and wanted to take the bass line and update it with a new swing, and that's when he gave the track to Evan Bogart. That 80s feeling already was in the track. SOS, I worked with a producer by the name of G.R. Rodham, and it was actually his idea to put an 80s sample in there of Tainted Love, because I would have never thought of that. I was born two years before the 90s, so I didn't know anything about the 80s. But um, I, I remember hearing the song before, but it was like a fun song to record. Cause you could, and it was scary too, because you could actually, you could, you could either do an a 80s hit single and screw it up, or make it even better. And luckily people like it, so I was a little nervous. I was like, I hope people like it, I don't think it's cheesy. The song's lyrics are quite cliche, with the storyline of a girl falling head over heels for a boy and loses herself in the process and professes for somebody to please rescue her. SOS! Men are just evil. They're just always evil. But it really is that tainted love sample that had both critics and audiences completely enamored with the song. Jazzily Bad of ContactMusic.com complimented the inclusion of the tainted love sample, describing it as superbly infectious. Pitchfork Media even ranked the song as one of the 100 best songs of 2006. Because of that, and the success, obviously they had to have amazing videos. There were two separate video treatments that were written. One was set as kind of like the official video, while another was used for a Nike campaign. Both videos were directed by Chris Applebaum, who would later go on to direct her video for Umbrella the following year. I actually shot that video on my birthday, my 18th birthday this Really? Year. Yeah. And uh, what did you got for your birthday? Because you were working on your birthday. Yeah. Um, I got big big cake. At the end of the day, um, after the director was like, okay, that's a wrap for the day. They brought out a big cake with 18 candles and then everybody went to dinner. I had a blast. Well, I shot this video on my birthday, my 
18th birthday. I had so much pressure in the video. It was a long shoot. It was, two, it was a two-day shoot. And it was shot with Chris Applebaum. It was a lot of dancing. It was a lot of different performance scenes. It was a lot of hard work. It was two long days, but I had so much fun. We had great people around, great dancers. The video, while not exactly following a storyline, does give us looks, honey. Whether it be the low-cut green dress she wears while dancing in front of the tropical trees, the white top and sequin silver miniskirt, or the pink dress she wears in the mirrored room, Rhee's looks are instantly memorable. And it was the beginning of her using fashion in her art, something that we all know her for today, being a fashion icon. The Nike version of the video had Rihanna switching between a dance studio and a nightclub in a classic Nike fit. SOS was a runaway success on the charts worldwide. In the USA, the song peaked at number one for the chart issue dated May 13th, 2006. Its digital release was halted by Def Jam in order for it to coincide with the release of the actual album. By the time it became a digital single in May, it jumped straight to the number one spot as it had been receiving heavy rotation on radio stations for months. In 2021, the single was certified three times platinum by the Record Industry Association of America. The song also reached number one in Australia, elsewhere, number two in Belgium, Finland, Germany, Hungary, and Scotland, number three in Ireland, New Zealand, Norway, and Switzerland, and finally it reached number five in the UK. Rihanna ended up winning the Much Music Video Award in 2006 for International Video of the Year Artist. Queen of Canada. She performed the song many, many places. I will say this. I performed the song <laughs> at the elementary school fashion show in the fifth grade. Now, I didn't actually sing, you guys, but we, me and a few friends, we had a performance and we did it to SOS and we did like a dance to it. It wasn't like an intense dance. It was a mix of like us walking up and down runway. It was hilarious. We made it up on our own. You know, they gave us an hour to do, you know, an hour a week to come up with a routine, but it was to SOS Rescue Me. And so that song will always be special to me for that reason. And not just that reason only, but that is a big one. I'm very excited to tell you guys about this new company that I've been working with. In our COVID times, you know that small businesses are booming right now. And this small business is one that I can ride or die for. Jaden Collections Boutique. Jaden Collections Boutique has everything from fun accessories like jewelry, bracelets, and masks to keep yourselves protected from COVID to personalized crewnecks and t-shirts and other different clothing items. Small business mama that is making it happen for herself. If you guys go on her Instagram at Jaden Collections Boutique, you can take a look at all the fun things that she has to offer and also the link to her website. If you guys decide to purchase a little something, make sure to enter the code PLANET2000 in the checkout in order to get 20% off of your order. That is PLANET2000 to get 20% off of your order at Jaden Collections Boutique on Instagram. We love to help out a small business and we love to see them thrive at Jaden Collections Boutique. Back to the pod. Unfaithful was the second single from the A Girl Like Me album, and it was released on May 1st, 2006. It's about a girl who's cheating on her man. However, her man knows she's cheating, yet she's still doing it. I've known many people who've done that. Not many girls, but they exist. <laughs> While the lyrics are quite savage, since she's, you know, basically saying she knows that cheating is killing her man, but she still does it even though she knows it's wrong. You see, I don't know. Monogamy is something that I have a very interesting opinion on, and that's how these cheating things happen. I feel like sometimes we place way too much expectations on people. Now, having said that, I do want somebody who's going to be, I don't know, I guess 
faithful to me, but I'm not like closed off to exploring other ideas if we're talking just like sexually and things like that. Sorry if this is TMI, but you know, this is relationships and I really feel that when people feel stifled, that's when cheating happens. And also just being young and stupid, which I'm sure Rihanna was 17 when she sang this song. So yeah, sure. Maybe that's what it is. If we're just going to be going deep for a second, but back to unfaithful. <laughs> was it based on a true story? Rihanna has said that it was inspired by real life events. So take that as you will. It, unfortunately, <laughs> it was a girl like me. Okay. Not anymore. Okay. But it was a very Ooh. bad experience. I spoke about it. I, um, I worked with Neil on the song. Great video. Thanks to Anthony Mandler, director, awesome director. The song was written by production duo Stargate and R&B singer Neo, who is responsible for many R&B pop songs by some of our favorite female artists in this era, like Irreplaceable by Beyonce and many more songs by Rihanna. And Bossy by Lindsay Lohan, how could we forget? When the production for A Girl Like Me started, she considered working with Neo, and she said, for the second album, I was like, you know what? I have to work with that guy, Neo. So we went into the studio, we started working on the song, and there on Faithful was born. It's sonically inspired by music of rock band like Evanescence. The piano riff is definitely reminiscent of their track My Immortal. And in an interview with MTV News, Rihanna said about the lyrics, I'm referred to as a murderer in that song, meaning I'm taking this guy's life by hurting him, cheating on him. He knows and it makes him feel so bad. She continued, we always put it out there that guys cheat and finally someone put it in perspective. Girls cheat too. A music video directed by Anthony Mandler premiered May 1st, 2006 on MTV. Anthony had previously directed videos for Eminem, 50 Cent, and Sean Paul. After this video was released, he would go on to direct for Nelly Furtado, Neo, Beyonce, Fergie, Spice Girls, Drake, and Jonas Brothers. The music video shows Rihanna sitting by a piano in a tight-fitted black dress around the pianist who is playing the infamous piano instrumentals of the song, and these scenes are intertwined between a storyline in the video that shows Rihanna cheating on her boyfriend. There are secret notes sneaking around, broken hearts, serenading, whatever it is you can imagine, it's in there. And she looks absolutely amazing in the video so we should point out she was only 18 when this video was shot and she was looking smoking hot because you know we always talk about the guys being cheaters liars whatever this time and the reason i love this song so much is because it puts it in perspective that girls cheat too and that's what the song is about. The song did pretty well on the charts, peaking at number six on the US Billboard Hot 100, but topping the Hot Dance Club charts, making it her third track to hit number one on that chart. And the song reached number one in Canada, Hungary, and Switzerland. Us Canadians, we just have taste, guys. We just have taste. We Ride, a hip-hop and soul ballad, was released as the third official single from the album on August 21st, 2006. It was co-written by Makiba Riddick and Swedish production duo Stargate. We Ride was received positively by critics who praised its carefree vibe. And in an interview with Corey Moss of MTV, Rihanna explained the meaning of the song's lyrics, saying, We Ride is about this guy saying over and over again, When we ride, we ride, we're gonna be together until the day that we die promising all these things. Then it turns out he broke all of his promises, which is sad, but it's summer and I don't care if you want to do that and be ugly and unfaithful. <laughs> she really said this, guys, that I can just do my thing, chill with my girls and have fun. That's what summers are all about. Every summer you remember a certain relationship and there's always a song to connect to that. So We Ride is just one of those songs. What a colorful response. <laughs> Anthony Mandler, who had just directed the video to Unfaithful, lent his talents to this video as well, and it was shot in Miami, featuring Rihanna at a beach, nightclub, and socializing with her girls. A night out in Miami, if you will. It was released on September 20th, 2006, and considerably later released, you know, 
past the time that Unfaithful was released. But those two songs, Unfaithful and SOS, were still all over the radio all summer long, so the label just didn't feel a need to rush the third single. It can be argued that, you know, they actually missed the boat with the delayed release of We Ride, because it didn't actually do that well on the charts. The song missed the Billboard Hot 100 completely, peaking at only number seven on the Bubbling Under charts, which is the equivalent of charting at number 107. It did, however, hit number one on the U.S. Dance Club Songs chart. Elsewhere, it hit number two in the Netherlands, number four in Finland, number seven in New Zealand, and number 17 in the UK. Now this track is fire, y'all. The fourth and final single off the album A Girl Like Me was Break It Off, featuring Sean Paul, and it was released on November 13th, 2006. The song has elements of dance hall and R&B over an electro reggae beat. It was the world's newest Bayesian princess collaborating with the mainstream reggae king, and they definitely pushed that narrative when choosing to release it as a single. I love that song so much. Um, I did it with Sean Paul, featuring Sean Paul. We actually recorded and wrote that song in Jamaica best place to do a reggae song and he's one of my favorite reggae artists i have so much respect for him ever since i was growing up in barbados we had mad respect for sean paul he was always like the reggae artist that we loved like a show to go to the show to go to would be a sean paul show and to have the opportunity to work with him and have a song with him on my album such an honor, such a blessing. Sean Paul has gone on to say that his collaboration with Rihanna was his most memorable collaboration, stating that he showed Rihanna around Jamaica for a few days and took her to the Bob Marley Museum, which, according to him, was something she always wanted to do. And the song was recorded at a studio in Kingston, Jamaica, so it really was everything that it needed to be, down to the song's inception. Perfection. I had so much fun working with Sean Paul. He is such a character. He's hilarious, he's fun, and he's very professional as well. Very chill, laid back, and I really enjoy working with him. I'll work with him again. No official music video was shot, likely due to the fact that Rihanna was already hard at work on her third studio album, Good Girl Gone Bad. However, the song did just fine on its own without the support of a video. It became a top 10 hit on the US Billboard Hot 100, peaking at number 9, and making it the third song from this album to peak inside the top 10 of the Billboard charts. The song is infectious, catchy, and feel-good, and there are no majorly impressive vocal moments. However, sometimes, just to feel good vibe you don't need all of those extra theatrics and just an you know honorable mention for a song that i wish was a single kisses don't lie that song is fire and it is such a good vibe as well rihanna loved the song so you know what i understand they needed to put out umbrella but kisses don't lie was fire not that i wasn't open to rock music i didn't know rock music i was very unfamiliar with it i, I knew there was something called rock but i didn't know any rock songs I knew what it sounded like, but I didn't know any rock songs. But now I was exposed to rock music. Now I'm traveling the world. I'm exposed to all different types of music. Rock is one of my favorite ones. And I wanted to do a rock and reggae song on this album. So I did, and it's called Kisses Don't Lay. The music, all rock, like crazy guitars and drums. Then we put a little reggae in it. And the song is crazy, crazy song. Yes, Kisses Don't Lie. I just wanted to take a moment to let you guys know where you can find me on social media. I am on Instagram at Planet2000s, or you can hit me up on my personal page at Michael Kadosh, C-A-D-O-C-H. If you guys want to talk about some good old pop music or just reminisce about some good times, then make sure to hit me up there. I'm also on Twitter or Facebook at Michael Kadosh. Back to the pod. 
While Rihanna was actually recording the album, she was the opening act for Gwen Stefani's 2005 Harajuku Lovers Tour to promote her debut album, Music of the Sun, which had just come out a few months prior. In fact, like I've said many times in this episode, because it's just so amazing to me that she pulled this off, there are only eight months in between the release of Music of the Sun and A Girl Like Me. It seems that Jay-Z and L.A. Reid just needed to strike while the iron was hot scorching hot with Miss Rihanna. Rihanna stated regarding the rapid album succession, we just felt like it was time. It made no sense waiting. You should never put time on music. You should never say, okay, music of the sun has to be out at least a year and a half before we start with, no, that's what's great about the music business. When you feel it's time, you just go for it. And we felt like it was time to come up with a new album. Okay, Ree. While Rihanna was opening for Gwen, she would perform some of the songs that ended up on A Girl Like Me. And Rihanna also received substantial support from MTV around the time of SOS Rescue Me and premiered the video in March 2006 on TRL. Rihanna was also gaining many different sponsorship deals. Obviously, we talked about the Nike sponsorship deal, but she also had a deal with JCPenney at this time. SOS was also included on the soundtrack to the legendary teen cult classic, Bring It On All or Nothing. And Rihanna even makes an appearance in the film. They should be disqualified or arrested. Sorry, but you don't make the rules. I do. Everybody, give it up for our winners, the kids who bring it all, the Crenshaw Heights Warriors! Rihanna embarked on her first ever solo concert tour as well, titled Rihanna Live in Concert, doing 39 shows throughout the summer of 2006. Now, this record received mixed to positive reviews from critics, with many critics believing that Rihanna had a very clear star quality and potential, but maybe it just wasn't fully developed yet. You know what? Clearly, their word means nothing, because the album still sold and did very well. It debuted at number 5 on the US Billboard 200 chart, selling 115,000 copies in its first week, eventually reaching a two-times platinum certification in the USA. In Canada, the album topped the Canadian album chart, becoming Rihanna's first number one album in Canada, and was certified platinum. Everywhere else in the world, it hit number 4 in Japan, number 5 in the UK, and number 9 in Australia. And remember, Rihanna was still a relatively new artist with a lot to prove at this time, but in less than a year's time, she was about to experience an even larger career breakthrough when she would release the Good Girl Gone Bad album. But none of the incredible success that she has enjoyed in her career would be possible without the foundation laid by her first two albums. So I really hope that you guys enjoyed this episode and take a listen back to this really fun and really nostalgic album from the 2000s. It's a staple in Rihanna's discography and it's a staple of 2000s pop music. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I'll see you guys next time. We'll